Hi folks, this is Jack Spierko with another edition of the Survival Podcast. As always, one man's view of the changing world, the changing times, and the things we can all do to live a better life if times get tough or even if they don't. Today is June the 11th, 2020. This is episode 2,679 of the Survival Podcast. And today's show came to you from the Survival Podcast Facebook forum where I went in and said today, topic suggestions for today's show. You have 15 minutes, go. And I started reading the suggestions 16 minutes later, and I got to one. And this is what it said. Disconnecting from the political media insanity. You did a show a while back reiterating the circle of concern, etc. Recent news has brought tons of your listeners back into the psychotic loop of following politics and corporate news, getting angry, following more, etc. It, like it really is the most important thing to their personal well-being, which couldn't be further from uh, the truth. I then went and found a winner gif. You know what a gif is or a gif, depending on how you say it. And if you say gif, you're wrong because you think a G is pronounced like a J. And I put it underneath that one to signify that I have made my choice. And that is what we will be talking about today. I am calling today's show, inspired by this listener, Disconnecting from the Psychotic Loop. Of media content. And I'm going to tell you today why it is probably in your best interest to do so mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and even physically. I'm going to tell you why, whatever you think you're going to miss, if it's actually important, you won't miss it. Somebody will tell you. I'll even tell you something I read in a book years and years ago that seems to be true. And I will tell you that I went back to 2014, looked up a show called Turn Off the News. That's kind of how I did it in the thing. It was like an F and then an ampersand and an upside down question mark and then a K and then an IN, right, in the headline. Uh, and I got the second half of today's bullet points from 2014. And they fit perfectly today. And when you hear them, you're going to say, surely Jack is lying to us. Surely Jack looked at what's been going on with COVID and the riots, and surely Jack said this is the formula based on what they're doing now. There's no way that in 2014, because that was when things were sane, that Jack could have possibly came up with this. But I'm going to give you a link in the show notes today, and you can go look up that original episode and even listen to it. And you'll find out that I am telling you, as always, ladies and gentlemen, the truth. I may be wrong from time to time, but I will never lie to you. And I will certainly never lie about what I have said or not said, because as a podcaster with a archive that's going to be 12 years old in nine days, what I've said can be verified to be tr that I did say it or I didn't say it, and exactly how you can go listen to it. That's one great way to keep yourself honest. Archive what you said. Anyway, that's what we will be talking about today, and I guarantee you by the end of this episode, you will feel better about your life and the control you have over it, and you probably will, even if you don't do what I'm going to suggest, which is turn off the news, censoring myself a little bit there, right? Turn off the news, and uh, for, for 14 days is what I'm going to suggest. And I'm also going to suggest you add to that, Having those strict rules about technology, so the, your devices, your your phones, your tablets, that, etc., that you decide for yourself a time after which you do not touch them unless somebody calls you and you need to take a phone call. Just going to suggest that. Go with it. 
take that 14-day vacation. That'll, that'll actually run you right up into uh, where I'll be on vacation for about 14 days. And this series I have coming for you. Let me tell you a little bit about this series that I have coming for you. And it's, it's, it's synchronicity in action. I've already done about half of the rewinds for it. I pulled every single episode for the Rewind series while I'm in Florida at the end of the month and into July. Uh, from the Insurrection series. And I've come up with, because there's 13 of them, I've got 13 steps toward more independence and freedom in your life. So every day that there's an episode from the past, there will be a new step for you to take toward freedom. So, if you just can't let go yet, and you like to do things kind of in motion, how about you do it while I'm on vacation? You just take a break from the media, and we can do it together. Because I promise you, when I am standing on the beach in Sanibel Island with my toes deeply dug into the sand, with a spinner shark taking out drag from my ABF 65 reel, I will not be given a damn what Donald Trump said. And I don't think you should be either. That's where we're going today. Starting out with a quote of the day that fits into this. This will be one you've probably heard before by the late, the great Jim Morrison of The Doors. Whoever controls the media controls the mind. That's one of those quotes you do not really have to explain. Whoever controls the media controls the mind. So let's start out with the fact that I'm going to tell you that right now, if you want to take two weeks off, you can, because I'm going to give you the two stories that are going to dominate the media for the next two weeks, the truth about them, what's going to be said about them, and if you turn the TV off now and turn it back on two weeks from now, next Thursday, right, um, you're probably going to hear pretty much the same thing still going on, unless some other catastrophic thing happens. And if that does happen, you will know about it. Even without watching the news, you will know about it. Okay, so, number one, COVID is spiking! It's spiking! Okay, first of all, these people need to be slapped for using the word spike. Um, any increase in any demo, any aspect of anything to do with COVID has been a spike since day one, including going up by like one. I have seen reports where it's like, you know, so-and-so county has largest single-day outbreak of COVID ever. And you realize it's like some podunk county, and that day, or that single-day outbreak was two cases. I'm not making that up. So everything is a spike. Right now they're saying that hospitalizations in Texas are spiking. They are increasing. I have a theory as to why. Let's say you had a bunch of hospitals that were on the verge of effing bankruptcy, right? Like they're ready to go bankrupt because they're still not able to start doing like, you know, these, these, these uh, voluntary surgeries. They're not considered uh, imminently critical surgeries. Like, uh, I can't think of the word right now, but you, you know what I'm talking about. Like, we're it's not voluntary, but it's like that. Like, uh, elective, elective surgeries they can't do. That's a huge part of their revenue. They, they've got doctors and nurses furloughed in the middle of a pandemic, and they're on the edge financially. But if I admit you for COVID, I can bill for anything I want, and the government's going to pay the bill. So you, 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 you might just see hospitals going, eh, yeah, come on in. Yeah, that would be one reason. The other reason is there probably is some more cases of COVID here and there. You will have peaks and valleys of COVID throughout different regions because that's how viruses work. That's, and that does not mean we should, again, destroy the economy any worse than we have already done because it's, it's very awful. But you're going to hear a, a whole bunch of this. And the, the reality is... I don't think people are going to let them lock down. 
they're just not, people are just going to start, more and more people are going to non-comply and just go back to work. And I think that's actually, if you want to protest right now, if you want to protest, that's the way to protest. And I'm not talking about the second story. We'll get to that one in a second. We know what that is. You already know. See, you don't need to watch the news. You already know what my number two is, okay? But on this one, what I'm saying is if you want to protest the lockdowns and you're a business owner, open your business. Don't call the news. Don't get a PR firm. Don't dare them to come get you. Talk to everybody else you know that owns a business in an area. Go around to everybody near your business and say, let's all open our businesses next week on Tuesday at 8 o'clock in the morning. And everybody do it all over the country at the same time. That's how to do this. That's how you protest. You go back to work. You put in sensible precautions, and you go back to earning a living and providing service to people, and people either will choose to or not to come and do business with you. See how simple that is. But if they do lock down your area, somebody will tell you. You'll find out. You don't need to watch CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, etc. all day long to find that out. You don't need to argue with your friends on Facebook about whether or not that's going to happen. You will know if they do it, and you get no say in whether they do it or not. You only get to respond to it and how you respond and what you do, whether you comply or you don't comply, and how you strategically non-comply. That's all you get to do. So that's, that's one, okay? COVID is spiking that isn't. And they'll be still saying it two weeks from now. They're going to make a spike in any way that they can because they want to put the genie back in the bottle. Well, the genie's very angry. The genie's not going back in the bottle. Story number one. Story number two, the protests slash riots. Some random bullshit bipartisan crap is going to be talked about and probably passed, held up as being earth-shattering, changing the world. Both sides will say it's too much and not enough at the same time. The riots will fizzle out because they always do, and there's not a lot of shit to steal in these places anymore. Some people will still march, but it won't really matter. Some cities will make, take some money away from cop departments. No one is actually going to disband the police or truly defund the police departments. I wish they would if they had the right solution in place, but they're not going to. This all may upset you, but it will have almost no impact on your life. So that's what the next two weeks of the media has in store for you. Other than that, unless you're trading stocks or traveling to an area and you need to know if something's going on there to protect yourself, bluntly just say F it and take a break from this shit. Seriously. The two points above that I just gave you are the exact narrative you will hear tonight, barring some huge event, which again, somebody will tell you about if it happens. In two weeks when you turn the TV back on, it will pretty much be the same shit. Almost nothing will change. Almost nothing will change in the next two weeks because that's about how long a cycle like this will run before something new and huge will show up to then supplant it. And they will still be talking about these two things for a long time because this is what they love because it's divisive and they love divisive and they hate consensus. Now, just to make my point before I go on to how they do this and why you should ignore it and how you will be better off for doing so, I will give you an example of some bullshit wrapped as truth that I heard about hospitalizations spiking in Texas today on Fox News. Before I do that, let's be honest about what Fox News is. Fox News is the counter to MSNBC and, 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 and CNN and, and what have you, the other mainstream media outlets, in that they are the talking arm of the Republican Party while the others are the talking arm of the Democrat Party. Anybody that disagrees with that is in denial of reality. So if anybody was going to give you a more positive view of COVID, it would be Fox News. They'd be the least likely to spin it to the negative, in spite of the fact they still will. So what I heard on Fox News today is 
Hospitalizations in Texas are spiking. Just yesterday, over 2,000 people were admitted to Texas hospitals with COVID. It's an exact quote. I have the kind of memory where you can trust me. It's an exact quote from what I heard this clown say. Number of people in Texas hospitals officially updated yesterday, 6-10-2020 at 3.45 p.m., 2008. Okay, they said over 2,000. There's 2,008 people in a hospital. They did not say there were 2,008 people in the hospital. They said just today over 2,000 people admitted to Texas hospitals. What does that lead you to believe? Today, meaning yesterday, right? They said yesterday. So yesterday, over 2,000 people got sick enough that they weren't in the hospital the day before, and they are in the hospital now. This is total bullshit. The number of people in the hospital, 2,008. The number of people in the hospital the day before, 2,153. The actual number of people in the hospital between yesterday and the next day, and we'll see what it comes out today when the next update, declined by a little over 100 and almost 150, 147 people less. I know this because I've been tracking these, this data for three months. Every day I have a spreadsheet, I go to the official Texas data websites, and I get the information, I put it into my spreadsheets, and I run analysis and calculations of what's happening in my state because I care and I don't trust anybody else to do it but me. And I have found that things like World Meter, etc., are using numbers that they must be pulling out of their ass because they don't match my numbers or the state of Texas's numbers. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. I even, get this guys, Jack Spierko, the duck farmer, caught an error in the calculations being made by the state of Texas for active cases. I sent them an email. And I said, hey, I've been, I'm an alternative member of the media. I've been tracking this for three months. I'm not accusing you of anything. I'm just pointing out your active case number makes no sense all of a sudden, and it's made sense to me. And the way I get the active case count is I take the total number of cases reported and confirmed with laboratory tests, I subtract the recoveries, and I subtract the fatalities. And for three months, my number and your number were the same number. And for the past week, your number has been significantly higher than my number, which continues to track by the trends that I've been tracking. Can you please explain to me the rationale behind this new number? I received no reply, but two days after I sent that email, all of a sudden the active case count matched my spreadsheet again. So I am paying attention. That's my point with all that, right? It's not a pat on the back. It's just I'm paying attention. I'm paying enough attention. I caught their error. And I'm telling you what 2008 hospitalizations mean from that number. It means the total number of people occupying a hospital bed right now. Which means that there was a net, a net outflow of 147 people in the time period that they claimed 2,000 were admitted. Because they took the number and they made it sound the way they wanted it to sound. And I'm sure if they got called on it, they'd say, oh, well, we phrased that poorly. You know what we meant. Oh, I know what you meant. You meant you were trying to make people freak out. So if, if Fox News does that with something that they are clearly taking the less hysterical side on, how do you trust any of them? Doesn't that tell you that like if you really want to know something, you're better off tracking the raw data yourself than relying on the TV anyway? It might be more work, but then you might actually know what's going on, and you might actually have an informed opinion. And if you're not going to do that, then you're better off not even really worrying about it. You're not, I mean, you know at this point how to protect yourself from this virus. Don't get in prolonged, close, personal contact with people that you don't have to. Wash your hands. 
and take the nutritional supplementation regime that I've recommended almost since the beginning of this, since March 19th, is when I started recommending Q-certain, zinc, green tea extract, selenium, and a good multivitamin. Like, what, are you, what else are you going to do? Do you think watching the TV scare you will make you safer? If anything, it will stress you out more. Stress levels actually make you more susceptible to disease. Are you going to start going around licking toilet seats because you forgot to watch the TV today? No. So there's nothing you're going to benefit from at this point. And I want to give you one more thing before we go on with this. What a Fnord is. F-N-O-R-D. Fnord. A Fnord is a piece of disinformation in plain sight. And the funny thing about Fnords is they only work if you do not see them. And people that see them, they do not work on. So a Fnord is what I just gave you. Just yesterday, over a record-breaking number of over 2,000 residents were admitted to Texas hospitals. Right? That's a Fnord. That's a piece of disinformation. If the average patient, of the average person pulled up the, uh, the, uh, the website that I'm sitting here looking at right now, Texas Cakes Counts COVID-19, and looked at this graph, they would go, holy shit, they're right, 2,000 people admitted in Texas hospitals. Without understanding the context of that number, you are subject to being manipulated by it. Tell me when you hear a newscaster say, over 2,000 people were admitted to Texas hospitals yesterday, that you don't think it means exactly what they said. It means that 2,000 people came in the door for the first time, got sick enough, and had to be admitted and hospitalized. Versus the head count in hospitals rectifying for in and out and going over time. And by the way, all the way back on May 5th, it was 1,888. And then, you know, it was uh, 1,855 around June the 5th. This is just not that big a deal. There's slightly more people in the hospital today than there were a week ago or a month ago, like a couple hundred. That's it. That's what it is. So the actual report was Texas hospitals are currently seeing about 200 more patients in beds per average on a daily basis over the last week than has been expected over the past month and a half. But no, it's a spike in hospitalizations. Well, see what I'm saying? That's a Fenord. Technically, technically, they didn't lie, but they lied. But you have to be informed to see the Fenords. So either inform yourself, and then you don't need to listen to them, or ignore them and ignore the information. You might as well do either one. Either way, you're better off. Now, here's why, the reasons I think you should get away from the media for a while. I've just given you the what. Let's give you the why. Number one, they've basically been telling you the same shit for four months now. I mean, even if you look at, well, the riots and all, they've been, that's been going on for years. You have white privilege. You should feel embarrassed about yourself. Silence is violence. Black Lives Matter is not a hate organization. And you don't understand. I mean, okay, if that, even if that's true, well, do you have anything new for me? No? Okay. So they've been telling me this, and as far as the, the last four months on COVID, oh, you got to, uh, it's going to get you, oh my God, there's going to be a spike, oh my, there's, there's going to be a spike has been going on forever. Sweden's wrong. Their death rate is really high, as you watch the death rate plummet in Sweden. Right? They've been lying to you for four months, and it, even if they were telling you the truth, they're telling you the same thing. And the problem with being told the same thing for four months is you start to believe it. So again, get your own information, 
form your own opinion, and until they start saying something different that you need to actually distill the truth out of, stop listening to them. Next, this is absolutely damaging to your psyche. You cannot constantly be bombarded with fear-based information without it starting to do things like increase your cortisol levels and cause you stress and cause you to begin to act in an inhuman manner. And let me tell you something, friends and neighbors, that's exactly what it's supposed to do. That's exactly what it's supposed to do. Whoever controls the media controls the mind. Again, you have to realize that even when you look at the news today, you have a dichotomy. You have Fox News and the type of media outlets similar to them, and you have CNN and type of media outlets similar to them. They're both bringing you one side of the dichotomy and the same shit packaged and spun based on that side of the dichotomy. And that is designed specifically to make you hate your fellow Americans. Whoever didn't pick your side, pick the other side and they're bad. That's the message. That is incredibly damaging to your psyche because it literally convinces you that half the people you meet are horrible, hateful people that need to die. Well, I wouldn't phrase it that way. I know you wouldn't, but that's the sub subconscious message being put into your psyche. These are selfish, stupid people who want exactly the opposite of what I want in every way. When the reality we know is you... And the person that is on that other side of that dichotomy, if you filtered out all the bullshit and talked about what you wanted, you probably agree about 90% on what you actually want in the world. Maybe you don't agree with anything about how to get there. But what you actually want for the world is almost identical. But they have convinced you they are the enemy. And that you guys can't possibly learn anything from each other. You need to roll over and accept... The, the yoke of the state, whichever side there is, or fight against it. And that, that, that does nothing but harm your mind and your psyche and your spirit. Next, it's likely holding you back from something you want to accomplish. There's probably not a person in this audience that, that if I, that, you know, hopefully, like I said, in, in when I'm away, we'll be working on those 13 things to get what you want in life. I, I don't think many of you are going to have a hard time saying, hey, yeah, there's some things I want in my life I don't have. I guarantee you, if you're taking in the constant negative message of half the people in this country are your enemy, and imminent doom is waiting for us all, it is not helping you accomplish the things that you want to accomplish in your life. And it's probably giving you a convenient way to make an excuse for why it's not worth doing it, i.e., the man will just take it away from me, blah, 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 cry. Bullshit. Step up and do. And the first step in doing that for many of you is going to be shutting those pricks off for long enough to reboot the computer. I'm not saying forever. Try five days if two weeks is too long. Just... Just run the shutdown sequence on the computer, you know, and hear the Windows music play when it, when it starts back up and clear out the clutter of the RAM. That's all I'm suggesting, right? The next, no good is being brought to your life from it. Your life is not better for having invested in their propaganda. And I would like anybody to tell me who objects to this message how your life is better for what they have done. And I bet you struggle to do that. Next, it makes you focus on obstacles versus paths. All the stuff you want to accomplish actually is, in some ways, difficult to do. There are obstacles. 
When you see obstacles in your life, what you need to then do is say, what is the path through or around or under the obstacle? It's not that the obstacle's not there. It's not the obstacle doesn't matter. It's what's the path. When you spend your time listening to the media, everything they show you is an obstacle. If you're focused on the obstacles, you are not going to develop the path. Next, you are also likely damaging your physical health. I listened to a scientist a long time ago, and it, you know it's one of those things. There's certain things that I hear, and they will never go away. I'll probably be an old man with Alzheimer's. I'll still be able to tell you about them. And this was in a very interesting one. He was talking about stress. And part of the discussion was on how, like, if you go into parts of the world where we have indigenous peoples, but now we're, quote-unquote, helping them, with big, giant air quotes around helping, um, and we've, we've introduced modern life to them, they start to have all of the diseases of modern society, some nutritionally based, but many are not. Many are stress-based. And he went on to say that if I take a rat or a mouse and I put them in a cage and I, I create a, a stress stimuli, and I continuously stress that animal long enough, it will liter it will die. I can kill it with stress. That should wake you up a little bit to what the media does to you. If what you're hearing on the media is putting you into stress, you are literally subjecting yourself to physical damage every time you turn the TV on. And like I you know, when I, when I talk about circle of concern, circle of control circle of influence, I say that things in your circle of concern that are outside of your control and influence, there's still some value to knowing the storm is coming puts you back in your circle of control into how you prepare for the storm. But once you know, sitting there watching it, oh, they say it's still coming. Well, you know it's coming. Be prepared for it. If it doesn't come, you'll be lucky. If it does come, you'll be prepared. There's a point where you have to get there. And if you don't, you actually continue to damage your physical health. It also damages your personal relationships. You can't be constantly receiving the message of the media, which is half the people hate you. That's the message. That's the message of the media. Half the people hate you. Half the people are bad. Depending on what side you listen to, it tells you that your side is the good side and the other side is the bad side. Right? You can't have that message constantly going in. And us and them mentality... And it's coming from the actual them to you, the actual us, except it's separating half the us into thems and not have a damn damaged personal relationships. I've seen fathers and sons cuss each other out over this shit. When neither of them have any actual control, they're angry over some guy got elected and you voted for him or whatever. I mean, it's just dumb. And it's easy to see when it's something like somebody got elected, one voted for that. You don't see all the rest of it. You don't see how like you're having a conversation with someone you genuinely like, but they make a suggestion or a statement that somehow identifies with them, right, instead of us. And then there's like a little thing that damages that relationship, and it makes you say something, and maybe it re roots in there. And maybe it doesn't blow up into a full-scale escalated argument, but all of a sudden the, the relationship with your friend or family member is going negative due to bullshit that neither of you have influence or control over because you're wrapped up in the bullshit. So you've got something that's basically been the same shit for four months now, damaging your psyche. No good is brought to your life from it. It's likely holding you back from what you want to accomplish. It makes you focus on obstacles versus paths. It's also likely damaging your physical health and 
your personal relationships. Yay! Let's do more of that! I am almost at a point now where I'm like, well, why wouldn't you take a break from this from time to time? What do you, th and this is the big thing, what do you think is going to happen if you turn off the information for a week? Like, John Dowie said on Facebook, and I like, maybe not exactly, but like the concept was really good. He said, I think that everybody should have to just turn off the news for a couple weeks and watch nothing but Mr. Rogers. And if you don't treat people better after that, you should be put out of the country. Right? And he's not, it's not a serious proposal, but the, the sentiment behind it. I, I, I really agree with it a lot. So now I'm going to go into this. These bullet points that I'm about to give you are from a show I did in 2014. And... As I was putting this show together, I was like, I remember when I did that show and how much people liked it. And I think I remember this piece that I did in it. And I wonder how it would fit today. So I went and I grabbed it without even reading it. And the, the, the primary bullet point was the formula for control of the society. And I just took everything from there down to the next main topic with all the sub points and hit control C and just dropped it in. I haven't even looked at it yet. Okay? And I already know. I already know. Here we go. The formula for controlling a society. First, make yourself look weak in some way. There's, there's something out there that's bigger than us. This is scary. Number two, allow your citizens to feel helpless. Okay. Three, find an enemy or three and build them Up. So not only do you look weak and your citizens feel helpless, but your enemy is insurmountable and you make your enemy look bigger and scarier than even the enemy is. Then look weak in front of this found enemy. Show further weakness in front of this found enemy. Then hope your enemy attacks you. If they don't, create an attack. Now creating an attack does not mean... Like 9-11 inside job type created attack. Okay, Creating an attack can just be done with words. You can say you're being attacked even if you're not. You can angle the information so that it's misunderstood so it looks like you're being attacked. The attack can come from an actual entity. It can come from a virus, which is even more scary. And to reiterate the point of how you can create an illusion while stating the truth, over 2,000 people were admitted to Texas hospitals with COVID-19 yesterday. No, they weren't. But yes, they were. So, look weak in front of this found enemy. Then, hope they attack you. Create an attack if they don't. Then, divide people on all the possible issues. Create a divide. Right in half. <laughs> I'm not even going to explain how this works. You should see this, right? Okay. Then, call anyone who speaks out against government a terrorist or a conspiracy nut, etc. Okay? Then, wait until people beg you for protection and demand tyranny. Then, give them what they ask for. And finally, repeat as necessary. Holy shit, folks. 
First, make yourself look weak. Allow your citizens to feel helpless. Find an enemy and build them up. Look weak in front of your found enemy. Hope they attack you. Create an ha- attack if they do not. Divide your people on all the issues. Call anyone who speaks out against the government a terrorist, conspiracy nut, etc. Wait until people beg you for protection and demand tyranny. Give them what they ask for. Repeat as necessary. Sometimes you guys are like, how does he call this stuff so accurately so often? It's because they always do the same thing. Again, this is from 2014. 2014. Let me read you some of the things that were going on in 2014 I said not to worry about, and people got really mad about it. It may be hard for you to believe how freaked out people were about some of this uh, (laughs) uh, stuff. In fact, you might even be like, what was that? Um, So I said, no, ISIS isn't coming to get you. Here's a ton of reasons why. People were worried ISIS was going to come get us in America. Go listen to the episode if you want to hear more about it. Um, how important is the Ray Rice story? It isn't, period, and I don't care. Do you even remember what it was? you even remember who Ray Rice is? All right. Uh, why 2014 elections are of zero importance. They really weren't of any real importance, were they? Okay. Uh, do you even remember what happened in 2014? It, it was a midterm election. Obama was still president, and nothing really happened. In fact, I had already, by the time I said that, I already told you exactly what was going to happen, and I got it 100% right. I even got the number of people on both sides of the Senate exactly right, to the number. Not within one, to the number. Okay. Uh, why the border is being left open for now, why they won't close it anytime soon. Has the border been closed? Has it really? Has it really? Did Trump really give you a wall? No. Okay. The Ukraine conflict exactly, absolutely will not start a World War III. Oh, people lost their shit over that one, folks. And then it goes into the formula I just gave you. Those are the show notes from 2014. If you want to look up the episode, episode 1422, turn off the freaking news. And I ended that episode saying the number one way this is currently accomplished is the news. Turn it the hell off. And you know what's changed since 2014, six years later? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. This is the number one way that the media controls the mind, through the news. Because the news has something that is the hallmark of the state, and that is the perception of authority, the perception of validity simply by being the media. Think about how, like, well, I have a press pass, so I can go look at this thing. What the hell do you matter because you have a press pass? Do do you notice how, like, Being a journalist doesn't mean as much as it used to because now anybody that wants to can be a journalist because what happened was they controlled the means of distribution of information and because they did that, their perceived authority was very, very high. And at least I'm going to say this, back when you had three channels to pick from, there was some level, there was a lot of control and a lot of misinformation and plenty of snorts, but there was some level of journalistic integrity. I'll give you an example of journalistic integrity which just doesn't exist anymore. This is a fundamental rule of journalism. There are rules of journalism, and that is, let's say that I get a piece of information. I get a piece of information from a trusted source, and they say, this thing is true. When I get that, I cannot report that if I have any journalistic integrity whatsoever. I mean, you should learn this in journalism school, which you think these people would go to. I, I learned this in high school. I guess they don't learn it in college anymore. So when I have that, what I have is an unconfirmed piece of information. And the only way that I can say that I have like this confirmed is, is apparent fact. And even then, I have to be clear that like it seems we believe this to be true at this point. 
is I get an independent source to verify it. That doesn't mean that Joe Blow said it on his blog and Tim Blow cut and pasted it on his. And if it, Tim Blow and Joe Blow are, are like two news agencies cutting and pasting Reuters, that does not make it confirmed. Those are not independent sources when you're regurgitating the same information. So one way this might happen, I actually have some people who will confirm, deny information for me. One, for instance, is a uh, chief of staff for a United States congressman. And if I get a piece of information that I think that person might be aware of, I can contact them. And these are the responses that I will get from him. That is not true, based on what I know. That is true, based on what I know. I can't comment on this at that time. I will get one of those three. If I get the first one, that is not true. I get, it's true here, this person says it's not true. I now have conflicting sources. If I want to do anything with that data, I need to continue forward. Now, I might make a judgment call and choose to just let it go and say, I believe my second source is actually more trustworthy. Or he may give me enough information to convince me that it's not true. But if it's just, I'm going to say no. And that's usually good sources, like the one I'm talking about. Usually that's how that works. That's usually how that works. It's not an explanation. It's usually just no. No, yes, can't comment. So if I get a no or a can't comment, I have conflicting sources or a failure to validate. If I want to report that as factual, I need to continue to dig until I find a second source that corroborates it. If I can find a true independent source that says, yes, this thing is true, then I come forward with journalistic rules of two confirmed independent sources, and I can report this as, it seems to be true. We believe this to be true. Until someone can show otherwise, we're saying it's true. What the media does now is they get any source and they come forward and they report it as absolute fact. And then, more often than not, it turns out to be fictional. They don't retract it and they just keep going and pretend it never happened. I got to say, at least in the 70s and 80s, there was a modicum of some level of journalistic integrity. And when they reported something that they could only get one source for and not confirm, they were very clear about that. They were very clear. They would say... This is from a trusted source, but it is yet to be confirmed. This may be true. This is what we're being told, but I don't know. Not, Donald Trump had hookers pee on him in Moscow or whatever. As though it's you know, gospel. And that means you just can't trust them. They don't follow their own rules. Do you... Would you ever trust somebody who doesn't even follow their own rules? And if you're, if you're an, an informed individual, the answer to that should be no. That would be the person you trust the least. It is one thing when people don't follow the rules. It's another thing when they don't follow their own rules. They're the press. They're the journalists. They're the ones that are standing up on this perception of authority under the guise of following these clear-cut rules of reporting the facts. Even when they're giving you information that is opinion, that's okay. You can be a journalist and be an opinion journalist. You should just do what I try to do the best I can here. I try to be very clear. This is what I think. This is what I know. They don't do any of that shit. So why do you trust them? Why do you listen to them? I mean, I'll trust a criminal to at least do the things the criminal says he will do if he has a track word of consistently following at least his own code of rules. These people have a consistent track record of breaking their own rules. But we give them authority. And what does that remind you of? The state. 
The state has an aura, an aura of authority and validity that is irrelevant to reality. We all voted, so it's okay that we take this person's money, and if they don't pay us, we'll take us their house to pay for the money with property taxes. That's how property taxes work. We all voted. You have to pay $4,000 a year to keep your own property. If you don't pay it, we can collectively take it away from you and sell it and collect the money, which is a fraction of what the home's worth. And by the way, get your ass the F out. You're on the street now. We have said that is completely valid because the state does it. But if there were 20 people in a room and one of them looked like he was having it hard and I decided to give him 20 bucks and said, hey, everybody, Bill over there is having it really bad. I gave him 20 bucks. I think everybody should give him 20 bucks, or at least, you know, some of you make half of me. You guys give him 10. Some of you make a quarter of what I do. You guys give him five. But everybody, let's give Bill something. So everybody starts ponying up money. And we look, and there's like three guys, and they say, no, I'm not giving Bill any money. I don't like Bill. He's a jackass. He did this to himself. And we're like, hey, look, man, you know, Bill's on a, Bill's still our neighbor, and yeah, he's made some mistakes, but come on, help him out. Right? That, right now, we're, everything's okay. But I say, you know what? Somebody blocked the door. Let's take a vote and see if if Mike, Teresa, and, and Angela all should be required to give Bill some money. And don't let them out of the door till we vote. And we vote, and the majority of us say, yes, they should. So we didn't take the money for ourselves. Be clear here. We're trying to help our fellow man here. And then when the vote passes, we say we're now justified... And we, we go into their against their wills physically and take their money and pull their money out and give it to Bill. And if they if they resist us, we use violence to overcome their resistance. And we say it's totally justified, and we have the authority of the majority in a vote. That's the state. That's the state. And the media works the same way. They have a perceived authority that is false. There is nothing that makes Dan Rather any better than you. Nothing at all. You'd like to believe at least he has access to more information, and in some instances he, he may. It doesn't make him any better than you. It certainly doesn't make him any more reliable than you, and it doesn't make him any more, tr more trustworthy than you. And it doesn't give him any more damn authority. And for right now, they still have a certain amount of pull just because they control the radio airwaves and the television airwaves, but guess what? That's all starting to mean nothing. It's all starting to mean nothing. And that doesn't mean that everybody in alternative media is telling you the truth. It doesn't mean some of them are not worse than the mainstream media. And it doesn't mean some of them are not nuts. It does mean there's a tremendous amount of information out there for you. And you should stop trusting anybody to spoon feed it to you. Because the American people have become like baby birds sitting in a nest. And the media and the government are like mama and papa bird. And we sit there and when we see them we open our mouth like ee, 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 ee. And they puke down our throats. And we swallow their bullshit, and we take it as our you know, informational nourishment. I'm just suggesting that maybe you do something else. And here's an example of why I'm suggesting that. So yesterday we did a show about technology and children. It really wasn't about the education system, but I'm guessing we got it commented on the show. And this will seem like it's not related, but I promise you as we finish up here, it totally is related. And I'll explain how. So we had a guy who commented on yesterday's show, which really wasn't about homeschooling at all. And he, like I said, I think he was probably angry at the show I did earlier in the week where I talked about the education system. And um, 
This, I'm, I'm trying to look it up. I'm stalling. Oh, yeah, here it is. He's throwing my own words at me. <laughs> you sound like a man with a paper asshole. Okay, well, first of all, that's my term. That's my term. Why don't you get a little bit original there, Nathan? But Nathan says, you think you understand the way kids learn, but you are disconnected from how life works in today's world. Stick with gardening and ducks. This is a completely illogical and wholly emotional objection to my position that children should be able to learn in more ways than sitting in desks in rows and being told what to learn and being asked to regurgitate information. There's no substance to that at all. And it doesn't even really line up with the show yesterday. My response to him, um, another point was, uh, here you go. I said, actually, today's world is the entire point. Today's world is empowered with technology and offers young people thousands more options than even 25 years ago. And in spite of that, your position is that we should continue to use a system developed in the 1850s. Defend your position of an 1850s system of education in the year 2020. I have not heard a response to it. Uh, he also said that, you know, when we talk about making education compulsory, that if it's man, here's what he said on that one, because he said, you know, what about children that don't get educated? So I said, can you tell me those children are getting a good education today? He said, yes, mandatory versus optional today equals done versus not done. My response was, prove this claim and reasons. not With, with logic and reason, not a slogan. Defend your position. Lots on that agenda. You have to prove, he said earlier, he said that there were 40% of students not doing their work that was being sent home for the COVID shutdown. So 40% of students in the country are not doing their work. That number is randomly pulled out of the ass, by the way. I'll, I'll talk about that more in a second. But he said, Lots on that agenda. You have to first prove the students that come out of school with a better education than they receive through their own environment and that it matters enough to steal freedom and money and property from people, too. You need to defend the, your number of 40% beyond some news station said so. Because we all know how that works. We just heard how that works with hospitalizations in Texas, right? You need to prove those kids, whatever the real number is, actually do their work when they're in school. You have to prove those kids actually go to school in the first place. There's a shitload more, but let's start there. I've heard no response. I don't expect to hear one. And the reason is, the emotional response in the first place is a direct product, and this is how it ties back into today's subject, to the media. He's saying things that don't line up with what the TV says, therefore, ergo, he must be wrong. We all know that teachers are heroes, and there's only one way to educate children and do it well for everybody, and that if we, we, if we didn't have the school system in America today, there would just be 40% of our children who wouldn't ever learn even how to tie their shoes. I mean, that's the emotional level of response. This is a direct product of being lazy and expecting to have all the information that you need regurgitated from Mama Bird Media down your throat so you can swallow vomit and feel good about yourself and not have to put any effort in. And almost every emotional reaction to a well-thought-out, logical position presented by someone that says, there's another way to do this, can go right back to that. Because it's, it's the education indoctrination system, the media, and the state in a giant conglomerate that creates this type of response. And it's exactly what they want. They want when anybody takes the time to actually pick apart a system and say these are the flaws in it. See, they're actually okay up to there. Because then all they want you to do is pick the, the exact other side of the dichotomy that addresses those flaws. So as long as you say, hey, we need something like charter schools, well, the left can scream and yell, but at least, oh, okay, well, he's still talking about the schools like we have. 
He's just talking about a slight change. So he's an asshole for doing it, but hey, he's playing inside the boundaries of the game. But when you say something like, well, why don't we just have unlimited choices for where children can go to school? We're already spending this money. Why don't we make the money available to parents and let the market create as many versions of schools as possible? And let's not force anybody to go anywhere that they don't want to go to. Oh, well, now we have to have an emotional, autistic-level screeching response because otherwise you would have to actually come from an informed position and debate that position. So this is what I'll say about any of these positions that I've taken. I am confident that I can defend and make a good case for any position that I've taken. If not, I wouldn't take the position. Any position I've taken that any member of this audience or anybody anywhere that ever comes across this takes exception to, I will happily debate you in a live debate streamed across YouTube with an agreed-upon third-party moderator under the recognized international rules of debate. We'll come up with a time to make your case, the time to respond, and basically that's how debates work. There's a framework... But basically, the people participating in the debate agree to the specifics of the debate format. We'll agree, and then we will have a logical, respectful debate and let people observe and decide who's made a better case. And I welcome this. I don't, I'm not frightened by this. And I've said this now for years when people react emotionally to one of my positions like this. And the total number of times... This challenge has been accepted and stepped up to by anybody about any issue is none. And I don't see a reason for that other than you're anchored in the media. And therefore you're drawing your position from what the media says versus what you actually know. Because if you actually knew your subject matter, if you actually knew your material, and someone said, well, I'll debate you on this subject, your response would be, let's do that. Because either I'm going to prove my side to be more correct... We're going to find common ground and learn from each other, or you're going to prove your side to be more correct, and I'm going to learn something. Those are the outcomes of reasoned, logical, ordered debate. But the fact that almost nobody that gets emotional wants to have that debate tells me that they have been linked into the machine, and since what you're saying is in conflict with the machine, and it's not even in the agreed-upon dis disagreement... Right? That's, that's, how this, that's how society works. If you want to divide society, you present a narrative, and you present a counter-narrative. And either of them are acceptable because they lead to a, a controlled disagreement that leads the people in power to always end up in the same place anyway. As long as, and then that means you have to have an emotional, hysterical response when anybody refuses to take either side of that dichotomy and says, here's a completely new way we could do things. And instead of just saying defund the police, says, you know what, instead of defunding the police, why don't we just take the funding we're using for the police, make it available to the people in the area being policed, and give them the option as to who does the policing? And here's ten ways that could happen. And if they don't want to do that, and they want to keep what they have, fine. But why don't we give them the option? Ah! I mean, it's just it's a total mental breakdown is the response to it. And it's because the mind goes into cognitive dissonance because you know you can't defend against the position. So all you do is throw out a slogan or a talking point or say that can't work or it's never been done. Well, lots of things have never been done. That's not an objection. That's a challenge. Shouldn't we meet challenges? And if, you're, if your people don't want to do it that way, why do you object to somebody over here trying it? Because the media told you not to let that happen. The, the, the schools indoctrinate you 
And think of it like a vaccination. A vaccination that prevents clear, independent thought. That's what the indoctrination education system is. And the media is the ongoing, lifelong booster shot. Because the longer you get away from the school system, the more immune you become to what it did to infect you. So the media is constantly booster shotting you. That's how it works. That's what I'm suggesting. Turn that shit off for a couple weeks. And with that, we will wrap things up today. I want to remind you, if you like the show and the work that we do, and you don't hate me now because you don't think I... Because I know some of you heard me just... Uh, this is what you heard me say. We should get all the teachers and put them in wood shepherds. Some of you heard that. I don't know how, why you heard that. And somebody will probably take that sign soundbite out and say something like, Jack Spiergo is advocating putting teachers in wood chippers. If somebody does, please, please for, for me, who, if you see that, please correct them. Please give the context. Right? But that's what you heard. Because I dared criticize the education system. I, I have advocated throwing teachers into wood chippers. Oh, by the way, the way I know the 40% claim 40% of students are not doing their work is total bullshit. Is I know it's actually true about some school districts. But it's not true as a national average. And that's exactly what they do. Just like it was true that there were 2,000 people in hospitals yesterday in Texas for COVID, but it wasn't true that 2,000 were admitted yesterday for COVID. It's the same because they always do the same thing. Well, I know some teachers that are in my family. I guess my grandparent-in-laws, you know, whatever. My, my grandson and granddaughter's other grandparents are both school teachers. They both teach in a shitty school district. And they have about 40% of the kids in that district actually doing their work. And if that school district has 60% doing their work, then the national average is higher, I promise you. I promise you. Because theirs is about, like, if they told me it was 10, I would not have been surprised with where these, these folks teach. And so what I said was, okay, do those students in general do their work anyway? Like when they're in school, when you have them in a seat, do they do their work And they said no. Pretty much the ones that don't do their work now are the ones not doing their work, you know, now. The, the ones that never did their work are the ones not doing their work. And I said, like, you know, when I was in school, they made, if we didn't want to, if we were willfully defiant, they made us do our work. They said, we can't do anything now. We can't make them do work. All you can do with the current system is make them show up. So see, that number was exactly the product of the media. Spit that number out. I'll remember that number, and I'll use that against people that challenge the system because it makes me feel good to defend the system that I have to defend because I don't know why. That's what the media does to you. It, that's what it does to you. So, Nathan, you want to debate me on the school system? Let's do it. Anybody else out there, you want to debate me on private police? You want to debate me on anything? And this is not like me thumping my chest. This is me making a point and legitimately thinking that it would be educational and fun to debate somebody well-informed on one of these positions. And that it would be great for everybody involved. I do think I'll win, but if I don't, then I'll learn something. I'm not afraid to have my positions challenged, and I don't need to get emotional because you don't agree with them. But maybe that's because I don't actually listen to what the TV says. Anyway. With that, like I said, if I haven't totally burned your ass, and you're not all upset with me, you don't think I want to throw teachers and in, into in, in wood chippers, and you want to support the show, you can do that by doing your online shopping at tspaz.com. That's T-S-P-A-Z, tspaz.com. Go there. You'll find all the items that I've reviewed over the years. I own it. 
and I bought it, and I would spend my money on it again, or you will not find it there. But as long as you start your shopping there, no matter what I buy, you no matter what you buy, you will help support the show and the work that we do. Today's item of the day is one I brought around a lot of times: the Lodge Carbon Steel seasoned skillets. Um, don't trust me. T trust Alton Brown. He knows a little bit about cooking. So I, I've always loved the old Alton Brown uh, Good Eat Show, but he was always big on these stick-free pans, you know. And I'm not. I'm just not. And so he was always talking about how you know they really are safe and what have you. So he's doing this thing called. Uh, well, he did Good Eats Reloaded, and now he's doing like a new version of Good Eats. And he's much older, a little bit wiser, and he has a new method for frying eggs. And in that episode, he let loose that I pretty much use carbon steel skillets for everything now. Well, welcome to the Club AB, because so do I. Because they are the best tool for the job. They'll last forever. They're not as heavy as cast iron. They heat more evenly. They heat quicker. They cool down quicker. And if you use them right, they develop a very stick-free surface. Well, they are now also on sale. The 8, 10, and 12-inch skillets are on sale significantly marked down. The big, giant, two-handled 15-inch one is not on sale right now. I'm keeping an eye on that one for you because I have one of those, and I love it. I absolutely love the giant skillet. Anyway, but all of them are available at tspaz.com along with my write-up. And if you were on the Daily Mail, you would get my write-up. It would just be a little thing and say, hey, here's what it is today in a link, and you wouldn't have to remember the go. So maybe you should remember to get over to the survivalpodcast.com, click on Daily Mail, and sign up there. Trust me, I'll never sell your information because you're my customer, and I don't want anybody else to have it because then I have to compete with them. And I believe in free markets, and I believe in free markets. You have to be smart and protect your customers from your competitors. So I'll do it completely out of self-interest. You can trust me to do that. And with that, let's go ahead and wrap things up today. Let's do that with our song of the day. Song of the day is by America, because we are in America week. America the band, not America of the place. This song is called Sister Golden Hair. And this is, I keep saying, like, you know, they're better known. This is probably the biggest hit that America ever had. It's probably certainly the most well-known of their songs. Um... I don't know, Horse With No Name might be. It's, it's between these two. They both came out on the same album. Uh, I, I found something really interesting about this, tying into a conversation with my wife recently as well, and the innocence of children. And now we need to understand sometimes that we just need to let the child's mind develop the way that it wants to develop and accept that we don't need to worry so much about things, uh, even though the first part of this actually is adults. So the guy that wrote the song said that, His parents always seemed to act as though it was about his sister. And he said, I guess they didn't ever actually listen to the words, because I don't know where you would get that from. Because, you know, I'm not ready for the altar, right? So I'm not ready to get married. So obviously you're not talking about your sister unless you live in certain places where they have weird banjo music. Anyway, so what made me laugh when I read that at Song Facts was that when I was a little boy, I'm talking little here, I'm talking like eight or nine, I loved this song, I just thought it was so cool, and I had this little blonde sister, and I thought it was about her. <laughs> Now, how that relates to the conversation with my wife. My wife and I were talking about how kids do stuff like this, and years and years ago, I knew that, that my niece, Meyer, and she's going to school to be a vet now, that's how long ago this is, but I knew that my niece, Meyer, had one time told my wife that she was going to marry Matthew, who's our son, if you're new to the show. She's going to marry Matthew. And she had to explain to her, that's not how that works. Well, I, I didn't know until very recently the whole story. Well, the whole story was Matthew trying to be a good cousin, uh, you know, and he'd gotten old enough to drive a car and everything, decided he would take his cousin to the movies. 
So she put a pretty dress on and all, and she told every, and she was little, right? This is innocent. This is my point about kids. This is totally innocent that she was going on a date. So she had such a good time, and she went to see a movie with her cousin, and she thought that when she grew up, she was going to marry Matthew because they went on a date. And man, see, this is what I was talking about, about not letting technology steal things from your kids, steal their innocence, and steal that window in which they develop those synapses. And they have that period of wonder where everything's not concrete, and those things can be formed. So when I first saw the, the list of songs this week, I didn't have any idea that was a story I would tell to go with this one. But the week just worked out that way. And that's what happens when you actually remain open to things instead of just grabbing onto one thing and insisting that that must be true because the TV said so. With that, it's been Jack Spirico with another edition of The Survival Podcast. Well, I tried to make it Sunday, but I got so damn depressed that I set my sights on Monday and I got myself undressed. I ain't ready for the altar, but I do agree there's times when a woman sure can be a friend of mine.